welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and Norman's brother is always with me. I'm the rum guy. <laughs> What's wrong, man? You didn't like that? You didn't like being Norman's brother? I don't even... Norman who? Norman Bates, Rockwell? man. Norman Bates. It could have been any Norman. I know. <laughs> whatever. Schwarzkopf. Whatever. It was just one of those things. You got to be somebody's brother. Why not Norman's? And we have an amazing special guest with us today. We do. He's uh, returning for the third time on this bastardized show. Our friend and badass man himself, Billy Pond. Hey, what's up, guys? Three times, I, I need to get a new agent. I know, right? God damn, man. Yeah. This fucking show three times. How the hell does this keep happening? <laughs> you know, you're a glutton for punishment, man. That's all there is it, to it. I mean, it really is. It's not like uh, it's not like the cancer was bad enough. Now I'm going to be on you guys. <laughs> right, right. What was, what was worse? You know? God damn it. Oh, but man. Seriously, though, I mean, you, you said you're still feeling pretty pretty bad. But, um, I mean, uh, all well, in all, not, it's, not still in spirit, breathing. Though. And my, my mind's working really good. And there was a time during the cancer where even the mind wasn't working. So my mind's working pretty good. I think my body's just trying to catch back up and recoup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's a lot of, lot of poison to kill, kill a, uh, a cancer, isn't it? I mean, that's just crazy. It, it is. Uh, the best way to describe it is it's just like a constant uh, Pink Floyd song. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Your head all the time, yeah. Yeah, dude, you, you went through a lot of shit in the last couple months, man. How, how long was it? Was it a year? You know, uh, well, yeah, that's a tough question to answer. I mean, technically, yeah, it's coming up right on a year in June. Um, I played like a gig with my band, Cornfed Cadillac, like June 15th. And I got mm. married June 1st last year. I remember but I that, just yeah. wasn't feeling good. Yeah, so I mean, but, you know, it's just like everybody else. You know, you well, maybe I got a cold, maybe I got the flu or, you know, whatever. You just kind of write it off, but. It just wasn't recouping or anything, and then other things started going on, and then you start feeling like sharp pains in places where you never felt them before. And um, if it wasn't for my lung filling up, like I couldn't breathe, kind of like I'm doing now. And uh, they went and checked my lung at the emergency room, and I had like a what was it, a liter and a half they drained out. They put this wow. big tube in your back with like yeah. an ultrasound, yeah, and they take it out. And I did that once every two weeks, six times until that those tests come back and they said it was uh, cancerous. Oh, that's horrible, yeah. man. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. What what a what a nice way to get that back, right? You know, like when the test comes, you're <laughs> yeah. like, "Fuck, man!" <laughs> Couldn't it have been something easier, right? Yeah, just pee it out would have been nice, right? But right. <laughs> but, but even but that, that, like you, you do that chemo and stuff too. You guys like they give this one stuff called uh, what the heck was that called? Uh, Vin- they called it a doctor or red blood or doctor blood or Vin- something. Vin- it's a certain type of chemo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, you go pee after that, and your blood's like red. I mean, yeah. your pee's like red. Yeah, like crazy. Um, we we actually use that in uh, animals as well, Vin Christine. Wow, yeah, there we, you go. That's exactly what it is. Our, our uh, name for it is not uh, Doctor Blood. Our, we call it the Red Death. Is what we call it because red death, yeah. because if we get it on us. Like, like, you know, not inside of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we get it on, on your skin, on our skin, or uh-huh. it could cause cancer, or it can make you sterile. <laughs> um, it, it's some really, really, really potent shit. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference inside or outside at this point? Uh, it it's just like it's some good shit. Well, it's the way it's the way your body metabolizes it. It's different. Like if on the outside and it goes into your skin, it can cause you to have skin cancer and things like that. Uh, and it can also get you sterile. Mm. Weird. Which I, I'm not going to complain about the sterile part. That's cool <laughs> with me, so. Yeah, we uh we have to gown up, and women can't can't uh give the drug at all. 
in the vet wow. in the vet industry. You, they will not let a woman do it because well, some woman came up with that rule. Well, this is sheer fact of if a man becomes sterile, it's okay. But if a woman causes to have like um, you know uh, miscarriages or things like that because of this stuff, it's Sue, Sue Factory. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you say, but you're saying you give that to animals when they have we cancer, do. also? We do, yeah. We use wow, that. We use crazy. that, and we use it. There's a, there's a couple other drugs that we use too, but uh, that's that's the most common one, Vincristine. Now, is what's the success rate on, on animals? On animals, animals, animals are different. Animals are way different. Uh, we always tell people, like, uh, with the like success rate on them, you're probably looking at four to five months after they live. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you don't do the chemo, you're looking at four or five months they'll live. So oh, yeah, it's, 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 that's what we normally say because it's kind of, um, an animal's body is different than ours by, by several different things. The reason why is because they, uh, metabolize things way different than we are. And the drug itself, um, you know, is, is super, it's made for humans basically, but we mm-hmm. use it in animals, you know, cause that's the only drugs we have for chemo. And, um, and you know, animals age different than we, you know, yes. like a year for an animal is like a uh, rough estimates like seven or eight years for us. So and the and the and the boy ones have pink crayons. They do, they do, yeah, they do. <laughs> they put them lipsticks out all the time. <laughs> oh, what's that on their lips? I tell you that. Mm, right, rum. Oh. No. No. <laughs> but that doesn't seem to have slowed you down at all, man. You've got a, a, a new movie thing, a new project in the works. Oh, no, well, it slowed it down a bunch. Uh, where it slowed it down was financially because everything had to shift to uh, medical bills and stuff. But uh, right. we're getting back on that. That's the Cowboys from Hells with uh, Brad Potts. He yes. had a small part in uh, Circus, but we've become such good friends that um, he wanted – he said – he goes, he goes, why don't you run me a damn part as good as that popcorn? And I said, well, okay. <laughs> and that's where that comes from. So uh, and then just spending more and more time with him and going through the cancer thing. I wrote it all while I was basically high with ca- on cancer drugs, so it's really good. It's something really special. So now all we got to do is uh, start getting our investors and stuff like that, and put it together and find a time to shoot it. Nice, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you're gonna come up with. Uh, and it- it's different because you know it's not. It's it's not cookie cutter, and it's not anything that's been seen before. You know, it's something totally unique and special. The best way to describe it is like a Evil Dead and True Grit kind of. Oh, thing. dude, that's great. Two of my favorite movies. That would be a really cool combo, actually. Yeah, and that's what it is. It won't be, you know. I mean, I always say my f- movies aren't funny, but they always end up funny in a dark way. But it, they're right, not, right. You know, sure, they're not. It's not a B movie by any means. If you if you uh, ha- have an, any uh, idea, if you have need to, uh, two assholes to walk by and get shot by somebody, we're we're willing to do that. On that, with a, you'll be the broke back mountain brothers. Yeah, yeah, we'll walk by hugging each other or something. I don't care. Just <laughs> just shoot us. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, that's what's going to be cool about this one is uh, we're filming at such an isolated location. It's like if certain people can get out there and they, they put on our costumes. Because, you know, I'm a stickler for that kind of stuff. Everything's yeah. got to be right. You're correct. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give lots of people an opportunity uh, just if they can get themselves there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Are you going are, are to be uh, trying to shoot at all uh, in, 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 like, the state you're in? or? Yeah, because I feel like, you know, calling it Cowboys from Hell, of course, is a nod to, you know, Dimebag. Um but I think it has to be in Texas for that simple fact. Okay, that uh, makes sense. So, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, it makes more sense that way. Unless, unless you have a really cool dance number like in Blazing Saddles. Ooh. Yeah. But if but I'm saying that, you know what I mean? You go, okay, what would change that? Well, if somebody come with a, a gigantic budget and they said you got to film out here in California or something, that's how we can change it. But uh, I don't see that happening. 
Right. I, I, don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, if somebody does say, hey, I got I got a whole big pocketbook that's endless, you know, let's do something with this. Yeah. Yes. Hey, it could it could happen. It, or no, no. I mean, it could, yeah. I mean, yeah. but uh, I'm going to hold out, you know, true in what I say. I'm not going to let things change. If, if somebody wants to change the integrity of something that I don't feel is right, you know, in my gut or in my heart, I won't do it because of money. You know what I mean? It's not about that for me because it's a movie is my legacy. It's I, I've got friends that's made ten movies since I've made one, you know. But now I don't like their ten movies. Uh, nobody remembers their ten movies. But I just want to make something that nobody ever forgets. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, I like that that statement. That's that's really good. That's why I kind of that's what kind of leads me with this show. It's like I know we we're, we're a bunch of assholes and we do stupid shit on it, but you know. This is what we got. This is what we leave behind, man. You know, and, and like our show is going to be on the internet forever. Like they yeah. cannot, they cannot wipe us. We're stuck in hard drives all over the fucking world, and we're there. So, yeah. so that's our legacy. Yeah. You know, it's what, what we. If, that's what we got. Dick. And if they downloaded jokes. us, someone got red flagged. <laughs> <laughs> they're on. They're on fucking um, watch list now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was going to ask you, Billy. I was I was I was kind of curious, and uh, I'm sure you've been asked this question before. But um, what what is the uh, the moment? How how does that transpire for you when you're coming up with an idea for a film? Um, does it just hit you out of the uh, out of the blue? I mean, is there some is there a process that you kind of I don't know? Uh, do you go into yourself? Do you listen to music? Do you do you consciously go today? I'm going to work on a new idea. How does that work for you? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of yes on everything you said. Um, you know, I mean, like, I'll tell you, like, Circus of the Dead is um, we we had a haunted house, and it, it's it's like, you know, a zombie, uh, Resident Evil, military, Days of the Dead kind of thing. And um, then we opened up a second one because, you know, people always say they're scared of clowns and stuff like that. So we opened up one called Circus of the Dead. And while we're doing Circus of the Dead, we were starting to do these back characters and stuff like that. And then that was about the time that Robert Rodriguez and uh, Tarantino put out Grindhouse. And they had a call for fake trailers, so I did a fake trailer called Circuit de la Muerte, you know, Circus of the Dead. And yeah. then that, see, so that basically come from that title. But more so, why I wanted to do that is I've seen so many bad clown movies that I thought, <laughs> well, what if you did one right? Like, you know, what if you take this stupid idea of a clown movie, just the whole thought of a clown movie, and make it serious and do it the right way? Um, that's how that come about. Uh, Cowboys from Hell has come from, you know, of course, I've always loved westerns, but if you meet Brad Potts, I mean, he always gets mad because he gets, um, what is it called, typecast all the time. But, I mean, he could play a drill sergeant. Uh, he should be getting these Lee Army parts is what he should be getting because he's unbelievable. But that or some kind of Western person. And uh, and I know what he says. He goes, yeah, well, everybody puts me in that. What's going to make it different this time? I said, because I'm writing it. So, and then that come, you know, of course, then, you know, my love for Dimebag. I said, you know what? Well, if it's going to be Cowboys, it needs to be Cowboys from Hell. You know, and then that triggered the thing and then the story comes there so it's usually just to answer the question shortly mm-hmm. would say there's just some kind of little spark and then that okay. spark branches off and kind of catches fire and then that grows and grows and grows that's a that's a good way to explain it i mean it, it is it's a lot uh, the process that you're describing seems a lot the same way with say writing music you know it's it, for some people it's it's a similar momentary inspiration that just kind of hits you and then you it you, yeah. you just run with it. You just let it burn. Like you said, the spark catches fire. And there and you in have music, it. But to me, in music, I found if, if I spend years on something, it usually sucks. In music oh. wise. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, yeah. the best stuff comes in five or ten minutes, usually. Yeah, it's when true. When you're doing music, it sparks it. It's like, what do you call it, incendiary. It's just like, yeah. boom, dynamite. 
Um, in a movie, shoot your first draft, you're not going to shoot your first draft, no matter how much you love it, because right. you're going to start going over it with the fine-tooth comb, and then, you know, this or that, or certain actors drop off, or you meet another actor that's pretty dynamite, and you change the character up to, to fit what you see them doing, and, you know, so it's kind of organic is the way I like to do movies until you're on set and see what they're doing. It's you're a band conductor or orchestra conductor to some extent, but sometimes you got to let them be what they are too. You can't, they can't be exactly what you see in your head. It's like a percentage thing like circus of the dead. I feel like I got 70% right. And people go, Oh no, it's way better than that. I'm saying, well, to me and what I've seen in my head, you know, I can tell you all the things I don't like, but I I think I got 70% right. But I think that's pretty darn good in any film. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's you know you the way you're talking about it, yeah you got to let people be more uh, like organic you know like have it felt filter more organically sometimes you know like when you write music well, you, yeah when you do music I mean it's like hey well I need you to play this classical part well I've never played classical music I don't know how to do you right. can't be forced into something you can't do it's got to kind of either come out of you or not true like Mr. Blister like Rusty playing Mr. Blister um, I've always known what Ryan can do with his laughs and his facial expressions. But Rusty, you know, I had to have some other clown that talked a little bit, but he's not here. I'm not an actor. And I go, you know what? Just be monotone like yourself, and I'll feed you lines off camera, and I'll never give you more than a sentence. And uh, he, he worked out perfectly on that. And, uh, you know, I mean, David, people go, I have, like, other people say, wow, that's, like, one of the best actors I've ever seen. Rusty will tell you to your face he's not an actor. Yeah, I know. He, t- <laughs> he, t- he told us that when he was on the show. He's like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not an actor, man. I was like, all right, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But what I did is I took him and Ryan and little Mike and I just put their characters on steroids and made them clowns, kind of not steroids in a muscular sense, but just like kind of cartooned up their personalities of what I knew of them. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. Uh, And it works. It works really good, dude. Like I will always say this. I'm still a a huge fan of that movie. Um, Everyone who ever asked me about a good movie and I'm like, well, okay, look, you got to watch my friend's movie. It's fucking incredible. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I was like, no, really, seriously, watch it. It's good. So I let them borrow the DVD and they're always telling me the same thing. Man, where can I get a copy or whatever? You know, this is so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always sending them towards you. I don't know if they they buy one or or what. No, yeah, it all still sells. I mean, people come out of the blue and always – Say that stuff. And it, it's funny, like, even being at Frightmare uh, recently, like, people coming up and this one guy come up and he goes, hey, uh, he goes, you hard sold one of me one of these DVDs or these Blu-rays two years ago, you know. And uh, I go, well, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, he goes, I just wanted to tell you a story about it. He goes, look, he goes, he goes, I buy these indie films. They always let me down. He goes, yours was up on a shelf forever in a day or whatever. And Frightmare was coming up. And he goes, just for, you know, the heck of it, he goes, I popped it in. He goes, he goes, I can't believe I missed that, and it took me two years to watch that. And he goes, I just wanted to stop by here and tell you that. That's fine. You know, thank you so much because I, I don't see any movies that make me feel that way, you know, or look that good. And uh, I just wanted to tell you guys did a really good job. So I mean, I get those stories all the time, but being indie, it's so hard to climb that mountain and get a lot yeah. of eyes on it. It's so hard. Yeah. It's just like music, you know. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. trust me, I know. Yeah, that's that's a uh, fuck. That's a whole thing too, man. You just it's like, you know, you throw one song out there and it's that one song in like a gigantic ocean and everybody's like, Okay, yeah, you're you're just like the rest of them. I'm like, No, it's not, it's different. Check it out, you know. But if and if you look at the people who are, you know, famous for doing the music or whatever and you're going, Yeah, but they're what they're doing isn't that good, but it, no. it's why were they in the right place at the right time? Did it do you know, and I see other movies that I go, Man, other clown movies. Um mm-hmm. and uh I guess they were just at the right place at the right time, I suppose. 
Yeah, there was one recently that I, that everyone is the one that was compared to Popcorn. I can't even remember the name of that fucking movie. Uh, oh, Terrifier, Art the Clown. I, I have not watched that <laughs> film. I tried to start. I started watching the beginning, and it it kind of bored me. I didn't yeah. really. I mean, this is. I'm not saying this just because you're on the fucking show. I'm just saying it to be honest. It's like I, I wanted to watch this film, and I'm going, eh. It's well, not, it doesn't get me here, excited. Here's here's my 110 percent honest opinion. Um. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, the the guy that plays Art the Clown is phenomenal. He he's a master of his face, like uh, Ryan is. You know, I mean, he just is a good because he doesn't speak or nothing like that. Right. Uh, the director is a phenomenal uh, special effects person. And uh, if you would have wrote the movie out, it it did. Like I, I I didn't understand the woman with the uh, disfigured face being in the dressing room and all that seemed hokey. Yeah. But once they kind of got got into the down and dirty. It actually wasn't, you know, too bad. I mean, but it was what it was. If, if that movie come out in the 80s, it would have been held a classic, you know, like Elm Street and all this kind of stuff right. because we put all that stuff on a pedestal. Um, but right now there's just so much out. But people would rather criticize now than, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to have a classic now with any kind of flaws in it, you know, even though all our favorite movies had flaws in it. You know? Oh, I agree. I mean, but, I, you know I, what I totally mean? I always find it f- interesting that when you uh, a lot of new movies that are out there, whether they be big budget or not big budget, um, you feel um, a sense of um, they're they're trying to give you the feeling of nostalgia watching it. Either the way they're filming certain tapes, certain angles they use, these old techniques that you used to see in like the old D- Dirty Harry movies and stuff. It they're they're bringing them back, and it's. Uh, I, I, I can appreciate it. I'm sure guy, you guys could appreciate that type of stuff. Uh, but I think, to a point, it may be lost on a on some new generations here. I, I don't know if they're going to get it. What, you know, I mean, what's your thought on that, Billy? Well, uh, I'm going to go with the second part of that first. The new generation, I mean, at least the younger generation, like my stepkid and stuff, I mean, you can't get their attention for more than five or ten minutes. So. If they're not watching something on YouTube, they're sure to heck not going to watch something on TV. That's so true. If I, lo- I, I locked a kid into the Ballad of Buster Scruggs and it's his favorite movie, you know. Mm. Um, but who would ever thought that? Because to get him away from his phone and to lock in and pay attention to an actual movie is pretty tough. But to go back to, like you're saying, the shots and this and that, I mean, it's like Stranger Things or anything. Yeah. It's just this whole retro thing. Even Thor Ragnarok had that 80s feel with the synthesizer music and all that. It's like it South Park said with Memberberry. They're trying to attract us and allure us because yeah. oh, I remember. You remember that? You remember the Yoda? You remember synthesizers and the Terminator? Yep. You know, I mean, it's just, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I can and see it's that. not bad, but it's just, it's what we're used to. It's like... Are you trying to sell us their baiting us? They're baiting us, but I'm saying, <laughs> where is there, how's there going to be classic rock someday? Yeah. <laughs> when did it stop? You know, when, well, 90, I don't know. I, I, I was, say I, I say was, classic rock stopped after the grunge era. I think so too. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I I was listening to classic rock station and have you have you listened to it lately? Because some of the songs that are coming on there, I'm like you're in Soundgarden because they said Soundgarden, yeah, and yeah, like, uh, all that, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's all on there now. And I'm going, fuck, we're getting old. <laughs> but I'm telling I mean, you, if you had if I if I. Like I said, well, right now, name some 2000 songs that would be in classic rock. It's going to get tough. I can't oh, name yeah. uh, Dude, I know. <laughs> I can't name any. We always have this talk, me and my boss at work, we always have this uh, this uh, talk about, you know, um, like what songs from any year, and from 2000 on, would be considered a classic or something that would last. And I said, nothing. 
Nothing. Well, you get the mix-ups, like I would say, like the Velvet Revolver, maybe, but that was like, do you count that as one? Because it was that or Audio Slave, do you count that as one? Because it was kind of a mashup of older stuff. It was old guys doing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I, would, I wouldn't count those bands. I would, I'm talking about, like, some new band that has new come bands, out. Right. Somebody that's come out in, the, in 2000 or whatever. Like, even even these, these uh, pseudo-punk rock kids, like the um, Blink-182s and the... Uh, well, not even Blink-182, because they came out in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, well, they got a new album coming out. Just throwing that out there is yeah. bizarre. And it sounds like pop music. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, wait, did you did you see that? Did you see? I saw it. I, I posted the video of that terrible Lil Wayne and Blink-182 mixed together, which fucking terrible. Well, it's Lil Wayne. Well, it's Lil Wayne, but that's why did they do it? They did it so these younger generation can sure. watch it Cause that's in what three minutes want. on the internet and like it. Yeah, that's what that's they it. want. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna make them blow up again for like another year or two, you know. We don't take the time as a, as a uh, culture anymore to sit down. It's it's like it's movies. Good movies are like you know a concept album or something. You know, it's just we don't take the time. It's all about a song, three four minutes, and move on with your life and stuff. And yeah. it's like that's I want to bring I'm, back real movies. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. And like, like me and Rum always talk about, like, remember going to the music stores or, or even going yes. to rent a movie or something. And we got to look at the cover. We got to look at the back. We got to make sure we want to see this. Or like with the with the albums, we're like, we first thing that drew us in was the artwork on the front. And then we bought that record. And what we do, we sat down and listened to the entire fucking Our thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one cut, the whole album. The whole album. <laughs> Well, that's, but that's you, how you decide. You take you the Motley Crue stuff, you know, all the early albums, the first four or five albums, you know, every cut on every album. Yeah. But then they get to Generation Swine, you don't know as much, and you get to this other one, you don't know as much either. So it's just, it's just the way the world runs. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in there. But I guess something's got to blow up and change it all, or I don't know that it ever can. Maybe, maybe it'll, maybe it'll fall back. I mean, you know, it happens on occasion. A generation will come through, and it's like, whoa. That wasn't expecting that to get popular again. You know, maybe that'll happen. Yeah, they. You know, it's you. You say that it's kind of funny. There's a local band here called Green Gasoline. Uh-huh. These kids, and when I mean kids, they're in their probably early twenties. Okay, are fucking incredible. Like, I'm not saying that because I know the, the guitar player is one of my friends or whatever like that. But he was in a band before called Royalty, and they were fucking terrible. He was the only one in the band. That I, I I told him right off the back. I said, "Kid, you need to find yourself these some guys like you because you got something special." You know, I'm like, "You you are gonna make it." I mean, he even looked like fucking uh, what's his name from um, Aerosmith, the guitar player, Joe Perry. Joe Perry. Yeah, I mean, like he had that swagger, the way he was playing, you know, and his sound is just so incredible. But he found these kids, and now they're together called uh, Green Gasoline, and. They've opened up two giant shows recently. They opened up for The Cult, and they opened up for Chevelle at the Fillmore. And they deserve it because they're bringing that fucking rock and roll swagger, kind of like, you know, 70s, 80s, dirty rock music back. And it's it's phenomenal. We can't let rock die. We can't let that die at all. But is it just going to be reinventions of what was? Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's there's not going to be anything... I, I don't think there's going to be anything groundbreaking that's going to be different. You know, like somebody like the last different thing to hit the world in like rock version was the grunge era. And everything else has just been, you know, teeters from that and pop music, uh-huh, you uh-huh. know, that's been blending together. 
Um, and they're trying to do stuff with all this electronic stuff, like with when they had the big Skrillex bullshit that was out for a while, <laughs> and which sounded like Transformers having some of my, yeah. pro, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think there is anything out there as of now that I could say that's going to be like this huge, oh my God, you know. But it, it, but it's like that. I'm sure the guy's good, and I'm going to check out that Green Gasoline too because it sounds, you know, it sounds like something I'd like to hear. Yeah. Because if I see the energy and stuff like that, because it's sure in the hell I may be playing the same type of stuff that I heard a long time ago, but I sure don't have the energy and the look anymore. Now it's like if they picked up a record of us in the record store, you know, with me and a bunch of old fat guys, you know, it's like <laughs> back then you, you know, you wanted to see what the band looked like and all that kind of stuff right. before the internet and all that kind of stuff. But like I was saying on that is if somebody come and did some pop synth 80s stuff, I mean, we like that. We like we like yeah. you guys like Bananarama. But yeah, why? Yeah. It's because it's stuck in our subconscious from when we were young. Exactly. Yeah. But if somebody yeah. else wrote a new one, would you like it? You'd say, oh, it's kind of cool because it kind of takes me back. Member berries. So that's what I said. It's like it triggers something, but yeah. it's like, will it ever be as big again? Will you ever hear Led Zeppelin again? Will you ever hear Van Halen again? You know, it's like, I don't know that that could ever exist anymore. Red of Van Fleet. Well, they said that, but isn't that a reinvention of Zeppelin? They said no. They just said well. Was... <laughs> but, and I uh, said, yeah. uh, I've said, you know, I should be a porn star too. But the truth is, uh, <laughs> I, I come I, up short. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit, the first time I heard them, I went, "Am I?" Because I thought I was like, "I've never heard the Zeppelin song before." I was flipping the stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, like, "What they're doing and all," but they should just, you know, just own up to it. You know, yeah, we dig yeah. this stuff. Yeah, yeah I dig mean, this stuff. of course we dig this stuff. Are y'all crazy? Can you not hear it? <laughs> yeah, I I I've, but, I feel that. That's the, I I've never heard that band, but I know what you're saying. Like you know, because I felt the same way with what was it the darkness? Yeah. When, oh, when, the, da- when the darkness the, dropped, it was that '70s feel, but it sounded like Queen. Uh-huh. Same thing. Same thing with Jet. Uh, yeah. Band mm-hmm. Jet yep. and 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 stuff like that. They all had that retro '70s feel. You were getting with Jet. You had uh, oh, you had a uh, almost that glam pop rock t- sound kind of T Rex. Yeah, T Rex in there. Easy, two or three chords, uh, playing down and dirty. Yep. Yeah. Um, catchy. Uh, you, but what what do y'all think about Ghost? I seen them at Frontmare one year uh, in the green room, and they're hanging around. It was kind of neat looking, but I didn't know who they were. Didn't even know they were a band. I thought they were up there cosplaying. I didn't know what it was. That's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, hey, look, that guy's, guy's got a cool outfit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't understand. I know, I know, Wayne, you're not a big super fan of uh, Ghost. I'm I like not. them. I'm not a super, super fan, but I like them. I like what they're doing because to me, they, again, back to what we just said, they've got that sound. And to me, it, it, it brings me into the, uh, that sound of acid rock. That's what I get from it. Yeah. Very, very iron butterfly in the God of Vita, old doors, the, that the, sort of deep thing. Deep purple meets fucking, uh, uh, yeah. King Diamond is what I have to call it. Yeah. And I dig but, that. I think because it's different, you know? Well, they're making a thing, but I guess what I'm saying is like, like, you know, when Kiss came out and done that, your grandparents could probably say, oh, is that that band Kiss? But they're not going to say, hey, is that that band Ghost? No, it just doesn't have – things can never have the same appeal. My uh, stepkid listens to Hollywood Undead all the time. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like all the time, all the time, right? And he's saying, oh, they're better than uh, ACDC. He's just trying to start trouble and stuff. I go, I go. he goes, they sell more records. I go, no, well, no, technically they'll never sell that many records because most of their music is probably bootleg. It's all downloads. Um, yeah, <laughs> I said – the golden era of music, I said, that's why all those other rock stars were so rich, 
because they actually sold records. Yeah, they had merchandise that they yeah, could sell. Right. Now, now it's all downloads and streaming oh, bullshit. And people are dropping a one or two song thing now. They're not even doing whole albums anymore. Yeah, see, so, that, that's, so that's my thing. Is who's going to be other than some kind of pop star that comes out of the blue or something? Who's going to be the the hero and the savior of you know us? You yeah. know, it's just tough. None of us, man. It's not going to happen, dude. It's we're, it's not. That's we're old. We past it. We're old dinosaurs, man. This is what's happening. And I, you know what? I'm okay with that. Me too. Me too. Because because I I feel like we still have uh, we still have taste. We do. And my my son's gonna learn. <laughs> my son's gonna learn that taste. He's gonna listen to what I listen to, and and I'm gonna push him towards that. Of course, I'm gonna let him listen to what he wants to listen to as well. But I want him to experience good music well, before he show him an that. appreciation for what he what he you know, exactly you'd like exactly. Right. I'm not gonna say, hey, look, you know. You you can listen to your you know whatever auto tuned garbage that's on the on there that mumble rap bullshit that's out, or you can listen to this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, listen to the difference. You see? <laughs> well, I'm gonna shift gears here for a second, and I want to ask you, uh, Billy, what how how was Texas Frightmare? Texas Frightmare is the biggest I've ever seen. Like, I mean, they sold out of their day tickets for Saturday. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm not sure. Like, I've never heard that happening before, and I, I could even be wrong on my information, but I heard that's like 30-something thousand tickets. Yeah, that, that's that's the first year, I think, that they've done that. Yeah, and that's I mean, amazing. it was shoulder to shoulder. Now, it was a different year for me because I wasn't feeling too good, and, and like I said, walking 30 feet kicked right. my butt. So you can imagine walking to the elevator, waiting for an hour, getting down there, walking through all the people, trying to get to my table. I would get to my table, you know, before the crowds got there, and leave when the crowds are gone and i wouldn't even go by the restaurant or nothing else usually spent the nights after the thing like sick you know sick on the toilet or something every night just, yeah yeah just sick yeah but i mean it was great because seeing those fans and all but and you can see i got hundreds of pictures you know of people tagging me and all and i'm having a good time but boy it was sure hard on me so i imagine uh, it was man yeah i was like i really like trooper through it because i was like god dang i just did i don't i thought i was ready you know, I did the local Permian Basin comic yeah. con down here. How was that, uh, by the way? But compared to Frogmare, that was fun. I mean, that's laid back. You have all of maybe 100 people over a day come by and shoot, shoot the crap with you. But uh, Frogmare, I'm telling you, it was crazy. Um, but the thing I loved about it the most is just more. there's just more and more circus fans every year. And it's like, just when I get tired of promoting the same dang movie, because I'm saying, man, I'm so tired of promoting this stupid movie. I want a new one. There's a new fan that comes by that took them two years before they said, eh, I'm going to pop this in the, the player, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's what means the most to me well, is that there's so many indie filmmakers out there that people don't even remember their movie after that. Right. You know, speaking of clown movie, uh, has anybody seen the new trailer for the Joker? I, yeah. yeah, I did. What is, what is your opinion on it? Well, I'm glad they're doing something completely different. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, as far as I'm concerned, can't do much wrong. He did a movie. I don't, I can't tell you the name was he playing a guy named Joe and he had a hammer and he had to save some girl that was like went into prostitution accidentally and hmm. did y'all see that movie with him? It's, I don't remember that movie. No, I don't remember I'd that one either. Tell you it come out recently, but it was kinda like that movie um Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine one. Oh, okay. Which okay. I love. I love that movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. There's just a new type of filmmaking and that's what that Joker trailer reminded me of is a new modern type of mean punch in the face filmmaking so we'll see yeah i, I mean, mean i got reserves but you know i think he's gonna I, do well i i i, I think the from the commercial itself I, I was digging it you know i was like i'm a huge you know joker and batman fan so i was kind of like okay I, this I, is the first I, time with by it. watching that that i actually i was watching it going i've never felt bad for the joker before and now i kind of feel bad right 
Because you so that's see an interesting he, way of see who he is, well, you know. Right, but what do you? It's it's you know it's a tough thing. Look at like Marvel is like they're succeeding when DC failed, and it's not for a lack of characters. Because I mean, no. Joker's like the best bad guy in the history of all comic books. Agreed. Um, yeah. But uh, even Batman, if you want to fix it, just do the dark do the dark not the way it should be. Or watching yep. uh, Frank Miller's, but make it rated R. But are they going to do that? No, no. They can't sell toys. That's right. This one looks like it's a. I think it is rated R, isn't it? I think yeah, so. The Joker. I think the Joker yeah. is rated R. But I mean, and if they, they did Batman the same way, we would love it. But the kids couldn't go see it, and they couldn't buy the toys. I so. mean, they did a rated R Deadpool, and that sells more than anything known to man right now. Known to man right now, yeah. yeah. But at the time, before did they know it? It's like people go, oh, "I'm tired of remakes and reboots." It's like it's a guaranteed trusted name. They know it's going to make X amount of money, so it's like they, they're going to do it just right. because it's already a guaranteed X amount of money. It's like the well, Chainsaw I'm, franchise. I'm waiting to see how many people are going to protest the Joker coming out. We'll Not because that. it's the Joker, but because of the incident that happened about, what, like two years ago? Oh, it was like four or five years ago. The kid who went to the shot everybody? Yeah, he went into the theater and yeah. shot everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed like the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was I'm like, waiting for that like to come back in our faces. Uh, it probably that will. During, that was during the Bane one, wasn't it? That one, wasn't it? That next it was. Kid. I don't know. If we, give them, if we give them the publicity and talk about it, that's what you know gives them the power. Yeah, because that that was way longer than than five years ago. Because if it was during the Bane film, the Bane film was the th- it was the third, Bane. Film. That was the third one, right? Yeah, it was the third one. So there was like you had the uh, Batman versus Superman film, Justice League, and Aquaman all before, and Wonder Woman. So those yeah, films no, took a long time. Yeah, those. But, no, but Nolan was heading in the right direction with those, and then they lost it. But you know what? I love Zack Snyder. I think he could have got it right, but. Uh, I don't care who they put in charge of that. I think there was just too many cooks in the kitchen telling. I I, I agree, man. I think they just they they shit the bed on those. Uh huh. And I mean, look, I, they're fun movies to watch sometimes if you don't fucking go as so Nazi with like the comic book material. You know what I'm saying? Like people are yeah. like, oh, I can't believe you did this because of that and this and that. I'm like, look, man, it's a fucking movie. If you want, if you want your comic book material, go read your comic book material. Yes. You know, I mean, or make, make an animated one for the kids or something. Make right. The kids That's where it. I'm thinking the the Joker thing may may get some extra heat too because it is rated R, and it is you know I, I don't know I don't think the kids should be looking up to the Joker by any means. But they they but, do they look up to Freddy Krueger and Papa Corn. Right. So that's true. Like that's true. Is. I guess Could I right, wrote a more despicable person in my movie, and they still like it. Go figure. <laughs> I didn't want nobody to like them. I didn't write them in the sense of that. Popcorn come from my dark side, you know, that I feel like every man has. You know, that's where popcorn come from. It's We just did what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it or what we're thinking when we see somebody. That's what popcorn is, and some people do that. I, you know, but how do you stop a copycat, you know what I mean, on anything? Right, you, sure. you just can't. If somebody shot up a school and blamed the clowns, you know, they'd probably... My movie, it would probably, you know, break my heart. Sure. And and sure. Uh, this this being shitty saying, but it probably you know, increase your sales too. Yeah, but I don't. But you know what? At the end of the day, I always feel like karma and stuff will get you. So I don't ever put money first. Now I once said that and was doing pretty good, you know, with the big old nest egg to make another movie. But uh, the cancer, <laughs> I don't have that out. And I'm kind of busted. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not that. If I can get my health back, I know, you know, if I can fight another day, I'll get back to work. So it ain't about the money for me. Well, how, how much, how much, uh, uh, how much running uh, do you have to do now? Uh, back and forth, that sort of thing. You still going to doctors, of course, and all that good shit. 
Yeah, and I try to catch up with uh, Rusty, you know, once a day, even Ryan, too, every once a week, maybe catch up for lunch. But they'll see me walking in from a restaurant and I got to, you know, get into the chair as quick as I can. And I'm just breathing heavy for 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so they feel bad. <laughs> it, it's funny because every time every time I tend to message Ryan, hey, man, what you doing? And he goes, he goes this and it's always a picture of you and him and or you and Rusty or somebody sitting down at a table with him. <laughs> He probably planted one of those uh, bugs up his rear or something, so you know what we're doing all the time. Uh, I we do. do. I do see him a bunch, and we always do a lot of projects together. Uh, we're shooting like uh, kids' dance recitals. Yeah, that's together. what he said. He said you were doing that this weekend or last weekend. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's, that's what the director, Mr. Fister, is doing is shooting kids. Just dance <laughs> there's there's a horror movie in there somewhere. Yeah, dude. Idea, I swear yeah. To God. that's a hell of a short oh, film. The horror movie is that I make more from dance recitals than I do from Circus of the Dead. That's uh, that's, that's the horror movie. That's if uh, if Circus of the Dead come out in the '90s in the VHS or DVD blockbuster revolution thing or the '80s. I mean, you know, we I probably wouldn't even talk to you guys anymore because I'd be too big for you. You're probably uh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like nobody. It's it's the time of this. No matter how good your movie is, you know. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre come out and. Everybody thought it was like a porn thing, you know. It, right. it took it forever to climb. And Parrish, you know, Parrish Randall, bless his heart, uh, that's what he always tells me. He goes, dude, it's going to be like Chainsaw. It's going to be like Chainsaw. He goes, you hear people compare us to that all the time. He goes, someday, he goes, you'll get respect for that. And and you know what, dude? It, it's it's in due time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's people who don't see this movie are, are fucking idiots. It's a great film. I enjoy it every time I watch it. And uh, uh, Doll Boy as well. Like, you know, that's that's a great one, too. He's he's very heavy in part two, so we do a circus part two, Dollboy and Peppy, and there's a new freak they're going to introduce called the Wild Woman of Borneo. Nice. But there's some more freaks, yeah, and they they basically do some hunting for the clowns. Oh, dude, so, that's going to be fucking great. That's going to be good. I had a really good script for it, but I had to alter some of it because Rob Zombie put out 31. Oh, really? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know what's so, funny is I still haven't seen that film either. Yeah, it's worth to me. It's worth watching. It didn't from a film standpoint. It, it just it didn't make much sense on some things. Like, you ever see those films? Like, what did that mean? Well, what was that supposed to mean? Yeah, right. What does that mean that? It just seemed like it was kind of... It's like that... What was that one movie? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. It's oh, like yes. there's a bunch of cool stuff in it, but it's like when like, they put it all back together, it's like, wait, what? What? Wait, what? What did I, I just I, watch? I, I own that DVD. I've seen it, watched it twice, and I still don't know what the hell part of it. Right. I'm the same way. Out. I have it, too, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. I, I think that he, uh, Robert Rodriguez... Uh, like he had them, like Johnny Depp and Cheech, not even at the same table. They're at the same table, but at different times than he shot it. So I think it's losing a little bit of the personality of actors getting to work with actors because to save money, you know, he'll shoot people on green screens and, and then add them with the other actors and this kind of stuff. So I think it's losing the thing. But like you take a Tarantino who put all those actors in Hateful Eight and put them in that little bitty haberdashery, you know, that's acting. <laughs> yeah. That's acting. That's, yeah. that's what gets me off is that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm interested to see his new movie too, Tarantino's new film. Totally, but you know what? They better not disrespect Bruce Lee anymore. We're gonna have a problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I, like when I saw the the the, um, the trailer, man. We were we were filming. Um, I, me and my wife were well, the whole podcast uh, symbols and signs and whatever were in this film. Not the whole podcast because I got shit for it. Left. Uh, but yep. But we were um, in the new Jay and Silent Bob film. Oh yeah, that's right. Ryan mentioned something about that. Yeah, Char, low key about it. Yeah, yeah. So we we can't we couldn't talk a bunch about it, but um, we were there and I was sitting there and uh, Kevin Smith 
Like before we before they started shooting, he stood up by the way and said, Hey guys, before I start shooting, how about that fucking Tarantino trailer this morning? <laughs> uh, and it was yeah. like it was like uh in front of like four hundred people, you know, like all the extras and shit were out there and everybody was like, Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, it was cause I well, I haven't it. even seen this trailer. What is it? Um uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Dude, you got to check the trailer out. It's awesome. It's a okay. teacher trailer, but it's still great. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, he was he was super he was hyping the film up himself. That was pretty good. Those two guys, yeah, are, I mean, those two guys are extremely nice too, man. Like like I was completely blown away on how seem, nice they seem. Very down to earth. I'd like to get circus in his hand sometimes. That's what I always figure. But every time I get it to a celebrity or whatever, like you know who I gave a copy to at Frightmare was the Sam Raimi. Oh wow, that's fucking cool. But you know, but is he gonna watch it? Hell no, he ain't gonna watch it. I just told him. Hey, you, I didn't fanboy. You know, I, I'm I've gotten better, but I go. This is what I said up there. I said, I go, hey, I said, you know, your stuff inspired me so much when I was 12 years old. You know, I watched every VHS that come out on horror movies, and, you know, you're always one of my favorites. And, you know, I grew up and made a horror film. And if you'd like some new talent at Ghost House, I said, I got giant balls, and I'd love to work with you guys. Hell, yeah. That's that's all I said. That's 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 all you need. That's fucking all you need to say, dude. That's fucking perfect. But I've passed out all that stuff all the time to people and haven't heard much back. You know, if I heard back, too, is from... uh, uh, Bill Oberst worked with uh, Bill Mosley, you know, on uh, that new uh, Three from Hell. Yeah, yeah. And he said he said Bill Mosley had some incredible things to say about Circus of the Dead. That's and, cool. And he said he even said too, as he said, he goes, it, he goes, I haven't had a movie disturb me that much since the original Chainsaw Massacre. And the only thing that made me get over that being so disturbed was being in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told Bill. That's so. great, dude. Bill Mosley, I've I've been I've been trying to get that man to come on this show for fucking ever. Like I'll talk to him every once in a while via online or whatnot, and then we just never can get him on. It sucks, but I really want him here bad. But you know how I take him and like you know Bill Oberst and you know these guys is like even even like Brad and is 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 that's why I've got cancer and that's why I'm dying and that's why my life is so hard, you guys, is because I put so much pressure on myself to give them something good. It's like for so much they're giving them so much crap that they got to do, and it's their job, and they got to go do these movies that they're probably embarrassed about and stuff. Yeah. And and I think of them like you know a Maserati or a Lamborghini. You know, versus like a Lamborghini. I said you don't get that and just park it in the driveway. You get out there and you know tear up the roads with that stuff and burn yes, up sir. something. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. that's what it is. Give them something to work with. That's what you know. I mean, you've seen what happened to Bill and Papa for man. That thing just, I mean, could have, I just I'm sometimes feel like I couldn't have cast anybody in the world better than that was cast. No, no, he was fantastic. Wow. So that's what I want to do with like a Mosley and stuff. And this Cowboys from Hell is I got some, uh, not on, on I'm not going to say it out loud or nothing, but I got some old school people in their 70s and 80s that, you know, I'm hopefully have a good cameo on this. It'll be the first time I get to work with, you know, name talent. I'm gonna to try to bring them in for a weekend. Is what I'm gonna Very try to cool. Do. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. You know. Now back on the Kevin Smith thing. Yeah. Is, so y'all got to see him. He said he's at his skinny days now. Yeah. That, like just blow your mind. Yeah, it just dude. Freaks me out when I see him now. It was just so weird. Like I'm like I look at him like man, he looks sickly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but it's because we've seen him so heavy so long. You know, it's like when you uh-huh. look at him like that, I'm like, fuck, dude, you look crazy. But no, we've got the, we got to see everybody. Like, uh, without giving away too much shit, like almost everyone that was in those films. When can you give away the shit? Because you've been silent about this for a while, and I haven't we seen can't, anything. We cannot give away anything until at least the first trailer's released. Well, oh, you, you didn't, didn't tell me that before. 
you have to do like a non-disclosure thing, sign all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, because you didn't say about when the when you were able to talk about it. You just oh said, yeah, yeah. It'll be when, soon, and I'm like, the, when as soon, soon as the first trailer drops or something, we can talk a little more about it and like kind of let out a few things. But are you playing a uh, bellhop where you go uh, paging Herman? Dude, I uh, wish because that'd been really fucking funny. <laughs> no, we, we, he's. Pl- it's a stretch for him. He's playing a podcaster. Yeah, we're playing ourselves. Uh, playing ourselves. It's going to seem like you're acting probably, too. Yeah. Look at that, dude. He can't even play a podcast. He podcaster. can't even fucking talk. Right? Nah. Uh, but those two guys, Jason Muse and Kevin Smith, were fucking incredible. Like, where we were set up, Muse came, sat next to us, and sat in my chair next to my wife. Him and his girlfriend were just sitting there the whole time just bullshitting with us. You know, it was it was really cool. Like, they were very down-to-earth guys. They weren't, like, fucking uppity dick fans. And very cordial, you know. It's like to meet these guys and to realize that these guys are as cool as they are on screen as they are in real life. You know, it was really cool. I, I was know, supposed to go down, they but haven't he, had him he at, told me I could. Oh, yeah. I did not. <laughs> That's a crappy friend. They they should get him at Frightmare, maybe. Yeah, that would be fucking cool. He worked with Michael Parks. I was at Frightmare that last year. He was there right before he passed. Really? He was talking about working for uh, Kevin Smith. If I guess they just did that. What is that one movie where he played the cults? That was it called the Red State. Red State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Red State. Yeah. Yeah, he was the cult. And he goes, well, I just can't. Yeah, and he was like Michael Parks was. You know, he's he is old and all that kind of stuff. But he, that's what he said to. Me. I was telling him how much I liked him. He goes, I can't do that acting. There's, there's too many damn words to remember now. I just oh, people <laughs> write too many words. Too many words. Tarantino writes way too many words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, Red State was a good film, and it got terrible reviews, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I was. I was. When did it come out? I want to say it was early two thousands. Yeah, it was one of the early two thousand yeah. films. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I remember seeing it. I just didn't remember when like, I saw it. Cause like that was like the fall like... of Kevin Smith. It was like Red State and uh, the one with Tracy Morgan and um, Bruce Willis. Fuck was that? Oh, Die Hard or Around no. the Block, the Precinct. No, no, it was it was one of Kevin Smith's films. He uh, he did it was um, it Jersey was, it Girl. Was, it was a buddy. It was a buddy cop film with with Tracy Morgan and fucking yes. uh, Bruce Willis, and I can't remember the name of it. Cop Out, Cop Out. Yeah, I've uh, never even seen that. One. It's funny. It's really funny, but it got shit reviews, and that kind of like killed his career for a while. And then he uh, decided to come out with uh, some. I think that's when he dropped Jane and Bob Strike Back. Well, you well, know, it was a while it's, ago. sometimes it's just about when something hits or. You know, you know what I mean? You just don't know sometimes, you know? Right, yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it didn't come out at the exact right time to the right amount of people or whatever. Yeah, you're right. You're right 100%, man. It's just a weird situation, like, thinking that, you know, like, for a long time he put out a bunch of shit that was, like, killing it, you know? Well, not really killing it because he says most of his movies were uh, uh, low-budget indie films, where, you know, and they didn't do too well. But to us, I mean, they're fucking cult classics, Chasing Amy, fucking Dog- yeah. Dogma, um... Mall rats. Mall rats, dude. Jesus Christ. You know, the clerks one and two, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what he's talking about, but I guess for a director's standpoint, as in making it, you know, it wasn't like Titanic big, <laughs> you know? But that pressure is hard, you guys. You try I'm to sit down. If y'all, you made a movie and then you go sit in the back of the room of a thousand people watching it and see how you feel for the first time. It's it's a tough it's a tough thing to swallow sometimes. You know, we I went to a. a um... Oh, the the I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Uh, film festival up here in Wilmington. It's gotten huge. It was very small, but it's gotten really massive. And uh, a lot of independent filmmakers and stuff. And I went in there, and Amy was in one of the movies. That's the reason we went to go see her her big screen debut. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting in there, and the the directors and the actors and everybody were actually they were there. 
you know, and they kind of sneak in and then and sit in like a like a, a balcony seat. And there's everybody down below, and we're all watching this this film. And then, you know, it, I, I all I could think of is I know they're up there, and I, and I could hear people either going, "Ooh, this is really good," or other people were like, "Oh, this is shit," you know. And all I could think of is that's gotta, you know, that that's that's a weird experience if you're the guy and the people that were in that film and you're watching the reaction for the first time. Yeah, it's gotta be weird. Well, the you know the actors are the the, the worst because. Whatever they do, they don't like. I, I dare say I don't even think Bill liked his performance in Circus of the Dead. Um, you know, so, I mean, it blows my mind. Is they just don't like themselves. They like other people, but they just don't like themselves. They're their toughest critic. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a true story, and I'm not going to give away no names, but uh, one of the actors from Circus was up up north or something doing a screen. This is when we first come out. It might have been our third premiere or something. And uh, another director friend that become a friend of mine later was sitting with this person. And that whole time during it, they're almost embarrassed, saying, oh, I can't believe I'm in this smut fest and this and that and this and that and this and that. And at the end of the movie, like, the crowd went nuts and did a standing ovation and all this. And they realized it was a hit. And he said that, that, that my director friend said, well, yeah, they changed their mind really quick, Billy, on all that. And now that person, that actor just said, you yeah, know, Billy Pond can't do no wrong. He's, I'll trust him in anything. But when they see the script at first and some of the things that's written out in there, they just didn't understand it could still be good. They just thought it was going to be a gore movie, you know. And I said, right. it's not going to be." So I mean, they got to kind of get trust in you. But you know, when they that. first read that, yeah, they read that script, they're terrified. They're like, "What did I sign up for?" I, I could see that. I mean, it, yeah. because you, you've got you, you, you're not sharing the vision yet. You're just reading right. the words. And yeah. now, but now, like anybody that's worked with before, but even not, like there's, I've got hundreds of actors. I mean, that's that's why I hate um, Facebook Messenger so bad. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's if I go on for one second to check a message. It'll lot at 30 or 40 times, you know, it's a small talk and I appreciate everybody checking on me, but you know, it's like, I can't, it's, it's hard to respond to everybody and have conversation because sometimes it's somebody that I've never met and I go, Hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for all this kind of stuff. But, uh, a lot of actors and actresses and stuff now will work with me just because you know what, what Bill said to them, you know, about working with this or this or that. So the words got out of what they seen in circus of the dead and how it's done. And, you know, it's like, to me, a good movie for an indie actor or actress is rare. <laughs> so a movie to be proud of is really yeah. rare. And that's one thing that I tell them when they walk up and say, I will make you proud of your movie. Well, you know, I, we will not fail. We will, we will succeed and we will not fail. We will not get well, rich. <laughs> we, will not, we will make a good movie. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, seeing and hearing more about uh, Cowboys from Hell because this sounds like it's going to be a uh, an amazing it's going to be a hoot. journey. Be a well, what we want to do is, is, is to kind of go back to the days of real squibs, uh, real mm-hmm. blank guns and that kind of stuff. And we're, you know, cause I'm a big stickler about, I don't like CGI gunfire. When you watch walking dead, like none of the guns kick you know, right. the reaction yeah. or yeah. bullet holes are moving in a, a car that they just shot. And that's what we're getting rid of is we're going to try as, you know, I know Ryan loves CGI, but I love CGI when you can't tell it's right. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do here. It's, we're going to have so much blood that it's just not going to be funny. <laughs> just, I want an old school. I just want to I want to get in trouble because we got too much you know, fake blood everywhere when we shoot nice. this movie. Well, Mr. Pond, we have a segment that you have to participate in. All right. All right, so here's our segment, Wacky Questions with Wayne or whatever weird – what did you name it, Rum? Weird Questions with Wayne. There you go. That's what it is. So – all right, let's play a little song right here. It's time to make this one into strange with weird and wild questions with Wayne. 
It's all right, Billy. Are you, are you ready for this? Are you ready for these insane questions? Yeah. All right, they're on the fly now. So, okay. number one, do you want? Do you would you prefer goat's milk or almond milk? I just talked to somebody today. And they said goat's milk's good for uh, like ailing things that's messed you up. So I just talked about that today. So I'm gonna say goat's milk. Nice. See, there you Sweet. go. See, see, you know. Learn things, people. Learn things. All right, let's go. Let's go down the line. I got a bunch of questions, so I'm going to... If you were stranded on an island, what would be one and only food you could have for the rest of your life? Probably hamburger meat that I could grill. There you go. All right. I could do a lot of things with hamburger meat. That's true. There you you can. What is your adult beverage of choice? I don't think I got one. Does Diet Dr. Pepper count? That would be... <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty adult. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. That once the cancer stuff started, that you know, the only time I ever drinking during the year is uh, Frontmare, and I didn't this year because you know, once I was on chemo, you're not supposed to drink and all that stuff. So I've just right. cut it out. I haven't had any booze in over a year. Nice. Good. Well, good, good for, for you, you man. man. Good for you. Even though it wasn't by choice, but still good for you. Uh, who would win in a fight, Peter Dinklage or Tattoo? Well, Peter Dinklage, because Tattoo's probably a pile of bones right about now. <laughs> I mean, you know, in their prime, man. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take the Tattoo because he's a Hispanic, and Hispanics always make good boxers. See, I wouldn't have thought that at all. Dinklage is wide, and he's probably, like, grew up in a, a spoon, a silver spoon in his mouth. and Yeah, probably. Acting and all that kind of stuff. Tattoo's probably hardcore from the streets. Hmm. Uh, what is the weirdest thing you've had in your mouth? Mm, <laughs> Pop- popcorn's a uh, fake penis. Ah. <laughs> oh. I bit it one time and oh. posed for a picture. And you know what? That will never that that nobody else could answer that question as good as that. Like, <laughs> I, any other questions? <laughs> Somebody always goes, "Was that was that was Papa Corn's penis real?" I go, "It didn't taste real." <laughs> <laughs> oh, if there was one celebrity that you would get starstruck over, if you got to meet him, who would it be? Well, I just, I don't get starstruck over actors and stuff. But I would get starstruck over Eddie Van Halen. Oh yeah, okay. That's what I meant. Just celebrity in general, yeah. you know. You know? No, I, w- I would, I would fanboy like crazy, man. That's he's been my hero since I went and seen him in concert like as a fourteen-year-old. Nice. Sweet. All right. So we got a couple more. Who is the biggest stud? Don Knotts or Peter Falk? I'm gonna say Don Knotts. Really? I just like that was the man. I grew up in the '70s as a little kid, and everything I could watch, uh, Mr. Chicken or anything with that dude, and it was awesome as heck. Mr. I'd watch it. If Don Knotts was in it, the Apple Dumpling Gang or whatever, I'd watch it. I forgot about Mr. Chicken. I really did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he's the man as far as I'm concerned. His leisure suits and all that stuff. This is kind of funny because this may, you know, may go where it goes. Uh, which which is the true trilogy, Star Wars or The Lord of the Rings? Well, I'd say the original Star Wars. All right. That's what yeah. I was, yeah, of course. I wasn't going to talk about the new ones. Nobody talks about those. Nobody talks about that. And last one. Should spandex have a weight limit? Yes. <laughs> my, my lower half says absolutely. <laughs> All right. That was wacky questions with Wayne or weird questions with Wayne or whatever the fuck it is. Did you strain your brain with those weird and wild questions with Wayne? Awesome. Anyway, thanks, dude. Thanks for doing that. Uh, we've been we've been doing these kind of doing that every once in a while with our, our guests. So. It yeah, kinda, it's got a yeah, uh, it's got a uh, that killer little opening number that you you actually didn't hear, and it's got a nice little closer that goes with it. So oh, funny. good, because yeah, you know, I was thinking, well, they could should invest in some music instead of just humming or. Oh no no no, we we do we actually. No yeah those. yeah, it's on post. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but, said, these guys got a low end freaking podcast. They could use. Yeah, well, you know, we don't have no little punching buttons and shit. I don't have a fucking sound engineer next to hey, me. You know? I will say this though, if uh, y'all get Parrish on here because that guy's a encyclopedia of movie knowledge. But on those quick questions, he'll screw that up. He cannot answer quickly like that. He would go on. Oh, that's so don't, great. Don't say nothing. But if he goes on there, I'm telling you, he there's no way he can answer those fast. All right, we're gonna you know, we're gonna get him wait. back on and do that. Yeah, he's gonna say that. fast, and then he's gonna go on about four hours on each one about. Things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love Barry. He's such a great dude. He really is. Oh, I love him. He his character in uh, Cowboys from Hell. He plays a guy named. See, nobody knows this stuff yet, but he plays a guy named. Uh, Butch Jarek, and uh, he's one of my favorite characters in there. Is that? And it's I purely wrote it by. I'm always screwing with Parrish, but you know I love the guy like a brother. And um, but uh, I did what I did for writing them. It's like I wrote a character that reminds me of Parrish, and it's just like it turned out so good. That's great, dude. Sweet. That's great. Well, Bill, man, look, thank you for coming back on the show, man. This is your third time, and actually, I looked it up, and the last time you were on was like a year and a half, two years ago. Wow, yeah, I was yeah. cancer free, <laughs> yeah. or was I? <laughs> uh, yeah, who it was stewing. It was stewing. <laughs> it, it was brewing, man. It was. It, yeah. you, you were growing your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad that you were. Uh, you you are in remission. You know, you beat this shit to, to a point, and uh, we all know that you're gonna beat the rest of this shit. So yeah. and feel better and make another movie. I'm, I was also telling Ryan too that we're gonna send out some of those uh, Texas Frontmare DVDs for you to give away to some of your listeners. So whenever oh, you well, that'd be great. Small, Okay. Yeah, I'll send them out to you, and then you send them out to some winners. I'll send you out like six of them out, and then a couple for y'all. Damn, dude, thank oh, you. That's that, fucking man. awesome. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely, we'll definitely do that. We'll do, we'll do like uh, giveaways and stuff. Uh, Perfect. But um, yeah, man, thank you so much, and like, uh, tell everybody your uh, your your website and stuff, so people can go check out. Um, those. go to bloodybill.com if you want to order a hard copy of the movie at Circus of the Dead movie.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook under Bloody Bill, Instagram under Bloody Bill. And uh, under Wayne's mom at Bloodyville. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's why I love you, man. Uh, <laughs> I could call you dad every once in a while. Anyway, yeah. uh, thanks for coming back, dude. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll, we'll make this happen again. And hopefully uh, next year at Frightmare, we'll actually be. Uh, Y'all got to uh, get out there. Yeah, get out there. Get on there early because, you know, we're pretty actually, soon they'll start doing the vendor signups. And the yeah, I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to get a fucking table this year and, like, actually set up. And hopefully we're not too far away from you guys and we can actually. Well, even around. if you don't, because, I mean, the tables are hard to get, but at least get that media pass. Yeah. And do some stuff out there. Yeah. 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 I, I, even, I even if we just roam and do interviews, that'd be fun. Yes. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people doing that, and their footage is incredible from last year. Yeah, man. Sweet. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to tear it up this year, man. So, but anyway, I was your host, Wayne. I'm the rum guy. That's Norman's brother. And of course, Bill. Bloody Bill. That's right. Wayne's dad. Wayne's dad. And uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it, keep it, keep it.
That's it. <laughs>